Right, I am here to speak about Advent. And now, the title of my talk is, What Are You Waiting For? And I hope that throughout this, it will become very clear to you. So I'm just going to open in prayer because I need to pray for my own nerves. It's a completely selfish thing, but it's a good start. So Father, I just hope that you'll help me with my nerves and that they won't get in the way of this speech and that people will understand what I'm saying and that I won't race through what I'm saying and talk gibberish. In your precious name, Amen. Amen. Okay, right. Who would like a biscuit? Anyone? Anyone would like a biscuit for Yana? Anyone? Anyone? Nice chocolate. Nice chocolate biscuits. Anyone want one? Okay, well, I'm just going to put them on the side for a bit. And in a bit, we'll have one. So just, just wait for them nicely, like good girls and boys. Thank you. Right. Right. Okay. Let's have a very quick fire discussion. Okay? I'm going to just pick on a few people. So, I'm going to ask three questions, and I'm going to pick a few people to answer all three for me, obviously at different times, otherwise it might get a bit confusing. So, if you don't want to get picked, I really suggest that you don't look at your shoes and think, oh, I really hope she doesn't notice me, because I will. So, right. Let's ask John, because John looks like a friendly face. John. Don't worry, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. What have you asked for Christmas? What have I asked for? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing. Is there anything that you particularly want? Socks and deodorant. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good start. Um, are you looking forward to receiving these things, John? You are. Why would you say that these are worth the wait? Well, I think the socks I've got on now have got holes in. <laughs> okay. Okay, but you'd say it was worth the wait. Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks, John. Right, I'm going to pick on one of you guys because I don't know you, so I'm sorry. Um, let's ask you what's your name. Yeah, Jenny. Okay, and what would what would you like for Christmas, Jenny? I don't know. You don't know? Is it anything? An Xbox? No. <laughs> Perhaps new clothes? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's always a good hit on you because you're a girl, you're going to say clothes. So, are you looking forward to receiving clothes? Would you look forward to them? Okay, and why would you say that they'd be worth the wait? No, you don't know? No. Oh, well, it's a tough question. It's all right. No, no sort of offence to you guys. Just thought I'd pick on someone I didn't know. Right, okay. I have picked a main verse for this. This is something that I've seen people do quite a lot. So I thought, hey, why, why not just pick a main verse? It's a good start. So I've picked um, Revelation chapter 4 and the second part of verse 8. It goes like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. That's as it is in my New Living Translation Bible. Okay, so why have I picked this verse? Well, let me start off by explaining a bit about what Advent is, because to be honest, I wasn't completely sure when I was asked to talk about this. So um, I looked it up, and this is what it is when it's described as a noun. Number one, a coming into place, or view, or being, a.k.a. an arrival. Two, 
the coming of Christ into the world. Three, the period beginning four Sundays before Christmas, observed in commemoration of the coming of Christ into the world, or four, the second coming. So as you can see, these are quite sort of religious kind of things and that comes up in an everyday Bible so it's good that people a non-Christian could look up this and see it so from this we gather that Advent is about waiting in anticipation in this case it begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas and we are all waiting and preparing ourselves for Christmas and how much are we all looking forward to Christmas I know I am but we also ought to be preparing for the second coming of Jesus. This links to Revelation 4.8 because we know that Jesus certainly was, i.e. he came to Bethlehem as a baby, and he is. We feel him in our hearts each day and we can reach out to him and he's a big part of our lives. And he is still to come, so we are waiting for him. Right, okay, just a quick break. Does anyone want some biscuits? Yeah. Anyone? Anyone? No, I certainly want some in a bit. Do you want some biscuits? Okay, hang on a minute. Just, just wait a minute. Just wait. Okay. I have a few other passages to branch off from my main, my main revelation one. So I'm really sorry, guys, but we're going to have to go into the boring Bible bit for a second just because, you know, it's, it's about Jesus, so it kind of makes sense. The first is, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Micah or Mika, anyone? Micah? Micah 5, 2 to 5, and I'm just going to find it here. Oh dear. My advice is do this properly before you ever start speaking, otherwise this happens. Okay, Micah 5, 2 to 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock and the Lord's strength with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honoured around the world, and he will be the source of peace. Okay. So, the first important line that I got from that was, a ruler of Israel will come from you. Who is being spoken here? Can anybody guess? Anyone? It's not a trick question, I promise. No? No, it is, in fact, it's in fact Jesus. It's in fact Jesus because it's the, the ruler of Israel will come from you. Um, this gives us an assurance and a hope that as the promise came true from hundreds of years before he was born, his promises still come true today. For example, I don't know where this is, and I'm really sorry I didn't reference it properly, but he promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's a really, really good promise. 
Um, the next important line for me was, the people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labour gives birth. This is basically saying that without Jesus, the people will fall into evil and sin, and there will be the lost sheep in need of a shepherd. Who's the woman in labour? Well, it's Mary, Jesus' mother. The next line I, I got from this was, and he will be the source of peace. That's, that's a very important line for me, because when Jesus actually arrives, he will be the source of peace, the way, the truth, and the life. This is a very prophetic verse. It says how we are to expect or wait for a saviour. It demonstrates that even before the Magi went searching for the baby in a manger, people were waiting for Jesus. Somewhere in Isaiah, I can't remember where it is, but it, it does say that um, Jesus is the main source of peace. So throughout, people are, are talking and prophesying about this, this saviour, this messiah that is, is going to save us all. He is coming and we are to wait for him. In Luke 2, 25-38, and don't worry, I'm not going to read another massive bit of scripture out to you, describes how when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the Lord as the law required, both these people, Simeon and Anna, knew that he was the Messiah. It says in verses 25-26 to 26 about Simeon that the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. This account shows that a prophecy or a promise from God that the people would be saved was fulfilled. Then, quickly jumping back to Revelation chapter 22, verse 12 to 13, there is a reference to the second coming. In fact, if you look at Revelation, it is pretty much all about the second coming. I don't understand it, so if someone could explain it to me, that would be great. But it is about the second coming. This uh, chapter 22, verse 12 to 13 says, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Those three passages that I've just um, listed, they kind of describe how he was and is and is to come. We know that he is alive today because he died and rose again so that we may have a relationship with our Father God. So that's, that's pretty important that we wait for him because in waiting for him and in putting him first, we have a relationship with our Father. Anyway, how good are we at waiting in this day and age? I don't know about you, but I absolutely hate waiting. Waiting for a train, waiting for a phone call, as my pastor pointed out today, normally waiting for a phone call off my boyfriend who sat there. So just a note. Um, I also hate waiting for my tea. A lot of you know that I like my food and if I have to wait, I get a bit stressy. We want everything these days to be instant. We have microwaves, instant meals. We have mobile phones, instant conversations with someone, Facebook. You know, you don't even have to be face-to-face. -face. Broadband, which gets Facebook quicker. Simeon and Anna, the guys from Luke 2, 25 to 38, They'd been waiting patiently for Jesus to come. The Holy Spirit had even told Simeon that he wasn't going to, wasn't allowed to die until he'd seen Jesus the Messiah. 
They both thought that Jesus was worth waiting for. How many of you are still thinking, my Christmas presents are still worth waiting for, the chocolate biscuits behind me are still worth waiting for? Advent is about looking back. Looking back to the prophecies and promises that God made to his people. Looking back to the prophecies about the coming of Jesus the first time round. And we've been told that it's going to happen a second time round. It's about looking at the present. We need to prepare ourselves for the second coming. What does preparing really mean? Repent of your sins, love your neighbour before yourself, and love the Lord God with all of your heart. It's also about looking forward. Guys, I don't know whether this means much to you, but Jesus is coming back. That's something to celebrate for. So, you know, when you're having a mince pie this Christmas, have another one because Jesus is coming back. In Matthew 25, 1-13, we read about the ten bridesmaids. I don't know how familiar you are with that story, but ten bridesmaids are told to go out and wait for their bridegroom and to take the, their lamps with them and enough oil. But the bridegroom's a bit, a bit delayed, so five who were prepared, their oil runs out, and the five who were, the, you know, it keeps burning. The five, have to go, the five unprepared have to go to the prepared and almost beg for this oil. So it's sort of... When, when Jesus is a, you know, about to come, are you going to be amongst the five who were prepared or amongst the five who aren't prepared? And obviously we don't know when he's going to come. Some people may like to guess, but we don't know. So in a way, you almost always have to be ready. Never walk around with burdens on your shoulders. You know, leave them, leave them all at the foot of the cross because you've got to put him first. And he's made all these promises for you. And if you wait for him, you're going to be truly rewarded. So, I have a video, which Aidan's hopefully going to be in charge of, um, that I, well, I didn't, but my youth leader, Dane, went out and asked people what Christmas really means to them. And there are some very interesting answers. I'm just going to warn you now, because I don't know how some of you will react, but we did sort of accidentally come across a pagan lady, so you can see her, her view on Christmas and why it's important to her. So, here's a video. Okay, so the first question is, what is Christmas about for you? They're just drinking and eating, basically. That's it. Well, what Christmas is for me is that I'm a pagan, so we celebrate Yule, which is the 21st of December. Uh, so, from that viewpoint... We celebrate the winter solstice and the return of the sun. So, we would be celebrating Christmas as the majority of Christians do with a meal and things like that, but from a different viewpoint. Um, birth of Jesus. Family thing, happiness, getting everybody together, and, and just making up for lost time when you don't see them on a daily basis. So, would Christmas be the same for you if there wasn't the narrative about Jesus' birth? No, I don't think so, especially when grandchildren are involved, because that's how you bring them up. It's all about baby Jesus, and, uh, and it's all part, and the Christingles and things like that really set the scene for the time of the year. No. The story about Jesus' birth, is that important to you at all around this time of year? From my viewpoint, no wasn't born this time of year. <laughs> Not really, no. So, 
because it's not really an important part for you, would you would you think it'd be better to call it something else other than Christmas? No, not really. Don't mind. It's Christmas today. For you, why, why was Jesus born? I don't know, probably to make the make the world <laughs> to save us. Um. Well, for for our souls and our. He is our saviour. I, I really can't answer that in depth, really. I think that Jesus is um, he's a set of guidelines, hopefully um, to teach people uh, a correct and beneficial way of living that benefits all people rather than uh, a selfish attitude and a non-caring attitude. That's lovely, thank you. Okay, so as you can see, some very mixed answers there. We've got a semi-Christian lady there who's about, or her grandchildren, and a pagan, and then a Christian man who doesn't really like to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> but it's sort of, it's, it's weird because Christmas, as I think one of the answers said there, Without the nativity, without that, Christmas wouldn't be the same. Although quite a lot of people don't actually know the true story of the nativity, they don't always know what Advent is, which is a big part, really, of, of the birth of Jesus, the second coming. I mean, a, a lady did make a very good point in there, the pagan lady, that Jesus wasn't actually born this time of year, you know, I don't, I'm not here to talk about that, but she made a good point. So even pagans, they have, they have some sort of impact. There's always some impact in someone's life about Jesus. Little children who aren't brought up in a church environment will more than likely see the nativity. So some people who don't know why they're waiting, some people who don't know the truth about Jesus, it's sort of... It is our job to let them know. So this Christmas, if someone asks you, what does Christmas mean to you? Tell them, I'm waiting for the second coming of Jesus and I know he's going to come. They might not ask you to expand on that answer. I work in a pub and if I say anything about Jesus, people usually take their pint and run away. But it's okay, tell them anyway, what can they do? So just be there, just wait. It's going to happen. And don't, don't think, oh, I've got such a stressful day, I'll leave this massive burden until later. What's the point? It's as easy as, Father, I'm waiting for you, and I'm just going to leave this with you. Please help me. Wait for him patiently, as you are waiting for your Christmas presents, and now because you have waited so patiently, if anyone would like a biscuit, I will actually give them to you this time. Thank you. Do you want a biscuit? Pass them around if you like. <laughs> 